like the old saying that to be a Christian means to face the world with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. The relationship between the ancient text and the present moment brings the words of Scripture to life and gives them renewed relevance in our time and in our place. Connecting the two helps us not only to see our own issues better, but also to remember that the poor folk of Galilee had a tangible reason for sitting at the feet of Jesus and asking him questions. They were not interested in theories, but wanted hope in their daily lives because they were vulnerable and most often powerless. Today's readings bear witness to a people that had suffered for generations and who were seeking God's response to that suffering. As we hear in the Gospel, Jesus was God's eloquent answer, sent to walk with them, to know them, to heal them, and to love them. So what are the newspaper headlines I want to hold in my hand to weave in with today's scriptures? I will speak from my concrete reality, just as the scriptures speak from theirs. September 15th is the start of Hispanic, or as I prefer, Latino Heritage Month here in the United States. In years past, this was a time devoted to celebrating Latinx foods, arts, and milestones, and to remember the long history of a people born from cultures that met for the first time on the American continent five centuries ago. Indigenous people, Iberian colonists, and African slaves. Through that painful and violent encounter, a new mixed-race people was born in this American hemisphere. Like our forebears in the Bible, these communities have told their stories, both joyful and sorrowful. And this year of 2018, Latino communities in the United States are telling a very particular story. Today's readings are providentially fitting for a community that is grieving a hostile national climate that has particularly affected Latinx persons in very painful ways. I want us to reflect together what such a moment in our collective life on this continent may mean by the light of the sacred scriptures. Like Isaiah declares in today's first reading, being targeted, buffeted, and spit upon was nothing new to the prophets, and distress and sorrow was an all-too-familiar experience for the Israelites and their descendants as they tried to build vibrant communities for their families while living with the constant violence and indignities of neighboring powers wanting to subjugate them. The Psalms, like today's Psalm 116, are full of heart-rending laments that remind us of such times when the community sought freedom from death, from tears, from all that would destroy them, and cried out to God. Both readings reflect the history of salvation, of God's vision for the creation God made and nurtures as they reached for the strength to endure and survive and find their help in God. As the scriptures speak of the unnecessary and cruel pain that we humans inflict upon one another, they accomplish two things which have direct bearing on our situation today. First, these readings don't allow us to look away. Isaiah and the psalmist present us with compelling images, 
of the suffering of those who are assaulted by the powerful. The communities telling us these stories are not squeamish. They don't pull any punches. They say, look here, we are beaten, we are humiliated. They try to shame us. We are distressed and sorrowful. See what suffering we are bearing. The scriptures turn our eyes to the immigrant ripped away from her children, the asylum seeker who finds no comfort, the community of the vulnerable poor who are called names and vilified. They invite us to see with new eyes. Second, the readings teach us about enduring faith. Isaiah and the psalmist know a God who is not the God of prosperity, not the God of the powerful, not the God of the comfortable. Theirs is not a flimsy faith. Theirs is not the kind of faith that looks for its advantage, making deals with God, and then when things become difficult, denies God. Theirs is the kind of faith we see in persons walking for months across the continent, searching for a way to feed their children, seeking to shield them from violence. The faith we hear in the Guatemalan mother finally reunited with her young daughter as they both kneel. Thank you, beloved Lord. Thank you, King of Kings. Thank you, Christ. Thank you, my Lord Jesus. Thank you for this beautiful gift. Finally, the reading from the second letter of James joined with Mark's recounting of a pivotal moment for Jesus and his friends, can lead us to reflect on the cost of discipleship. The risk the early church and we must be willing to take if we are to call ourselves Jesus' friends. We follow Jesus only when our works match our words. Seeing the suffering as we have, being moved by the power of endurance and the courage of our forebears in faith, we are called to act. As James enjoins us, I will demonstrate my faith to you from my works. In the gospel, Jesus confirms the risky nature of following him. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Today, as we face political regimes at home and abroad that assail human rights, attack the vulnerable, and deny our common humanity, we must, each one of us, discern prayerfully what following Jesus will mean in each of our contexts. Our faith will become deeper and more real by the same measure that our works communicate the reign of God. A transformed reality that fulfills all of the hopes of the ancients and our hopes too. So here, right now, what will you risk?